Welcome to Blood Moon Milk, the astrology podcast that comes out every new and full moon to help guide you on your mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation journey. I'm your host, Aurora, and this is a very special summer solstice episode. The summer solstice also marks the beginning of cancer season, but that's another episode entirely that you'll just have to wait a wee bit longer for. I'll be doing a workshop in Brooklyn, New York at Minka on the summer solstice. So if that interests you, check out my Instagram page. There's a link to Minka's workshop on the bio there. Uh, You just have to scroll down to the events page to June 21st and book your space. It's even got a sliding scale rate, so um, pay whichever price point fits your budget. And I hope to see lots of listeners there. I know New York is my biggest listening audience city outside of Atlanta, which is my hometown. Um... But so uh, it'd be great to see some new faces and some familiar ones, and we can celebrate this very interesting uh, astrological anomaly that only comes once a year uh, for the summertime. And we are going to talk about uh, the nodes of the moon and karmic lessons, because what better day than the brightest, longest day of the year than to talk about karma and things that might be really tough to deal with. It kind of helps to like that medicine go down, you know, that sun shines that little spoonful of sugar there. So we're not going to talk about the karmic nodes in this episode of the podcast. That's for the workshop. But if that interests you and you're not in the New York area, I think I might be able to uh, sell the workbook guide to the workshop at a slight discount if you're not in the New York area. Um, so so if you're not already following me on Instagram at Blood Moon Milk, head over there and just be on the lookout for me to drop that news of when and where you can buy that workbook. That's just for this workshop. Uh, workshop attendees, of course, will get it for free. It's included in the price. But if you're not able or like your schedule has conflicts, um, this is a way that you can still do the work uh, in your own time. So let's go ahead and jump into the astrology all around this summer solstice. Let's get things started with the song Walking on Sunshine by Katrina and the Waves.
What is the summer solstice exactly? To be short, it's simply the longest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. And in the Southern Hemisphere, it's the shortest day. Um, But for us in America, it is the time when we have long days and short nights to really look at those stars, which we look to for guidance. The Romans used to honor this time as being sacred to Juno, the wife of Jupiter and the goddess of women and childbirth. And her name is where we get the name for the month of June. And she's also very heavily associated with the sign of cancer, which makes sense because today marks a day that uh, the sun moves into the sign of cancer. So let's look at the transits. The sun in cancer is trying the moon in Aquarius because it's uh, just entering from Gemini. Um, it's still with an orb. Mercury will be at 25 degrees Cancer, Venus at 15 degrees Gemini, Mars 23 degrees Cancer, conjunct Mercury. Jupiter is still retrograde in Sagittarius at 18 degrees. Saturn is retrograde at 18 degrees Capricorn. Uranus will be at 5 degrees of Taurus while Neptune is at, again, 18 degrees of Pisces, sextile Saturn, retrograde, and Capricorn. And lastly, but definitely not least, is Pluto retrograde at 22 degrees Capricorn in opposition to both Mercury and Mars. So what does this all mean? Let me break this down for you. The sun and the moon, when they're trying, are working harmoniously together. Solar cancer energy is super nurturing, and um, even though... The sun is definitely in Cancer again. It's vibrating at a frequency that is harmonious with Gemini, which it's just leaving. So that's what's trying with the Aquarius moon. Um, But this, so we get a little bit of the best of both worlds here. We get the nurturing aspect of the sun in Cancer while getting this social chatty effervescent qualities of the sun and Gemini that harmonize with that forward-thinking Aquarius moon that has the good intention of humanity at heart. So that's really nice energy to have as a little sunny umbrella over the day. Mercury is going to be at the tail end of Cancer, right at 25 degrees and 20 minutes in opposition to a couple of things here. It's an opposition to Pluto and an opposition to Saturn uh, while being conjunct Mars. So what does that feel like? What does that look like in reality? Mercury, Mercury conjunct Mars and Cancer just suggests that there's going to be um, some emotional and aggressive communication um, that will be exacerbated by external forces being Saturn and Capricorn. And these forces might seem outdated. um, And then they could be possibly ending as well. Like So these forces are going through some sort of change or revolution or deterioration because Pluto, the Grim Reaper, is sitting right there in Capricorn, eyeballing this whole situation and just his word is final. What he gets, he gets what he wants. Um, so this could flare up those emotional tendencies and urges that cancer is so famous for, even though it wants to be nurturing, it wants to, uh, help other people and protect those that it cares about and loves. But in reality, it can also be quite an aggressive energy. So be on the lookout for temper tantrums that can just 
flare up out of nowhere um, or the possibility of people retreating into their shells um, because cancer can also, um, you know, suggests that people want to hide or get in their comfort zone a little bit. And Saturn is also the planet of restriction. So when it's being confronted that way, um, maybe the things that are happening in your life might feel a little bit overbearing or restrictive. So you can't communicate as clearly as you might like to. And of course, I always like to preface any astrology stuff with uh, it this is transitory weather we're experiencing. This is uh, going to affect each individual differently because every individual has a special, unique chart. And the way that these transits fall in your chart will depend on um, where your placements are and how and that's what you can then look to to understand the developments that are happening in your life. So um, if you know that your Mercury and cancer is falling in your fifth house, for example, you might have a fight with your lover or your partner um, or a creative project. Um, but if it's falling in, say, your 10th house, you might have a fight with your boss because that's where career centered around. All right. So let's look at the next transit. Jupiter is at 18 degrees retrograde in the sign of Sagittarius, which is its domicile. So it's very comfortable and happy here, even though it's retrograde and Jupiter retrograde tends to bring up lucky opportunities from the past or people from the past for a second shot. Maybe there was something that didn't work out right the first time or things need to develop a little bit more before this opportunity could, could come back around for you. So don't be surprised if somebody you haven't heard from in a long time calls you up out of the blue and has the perfect opportunity for you that's just uh, like made, like tailor-made for you. That's the bounty and the joy of Sagittarius retrograde. Um, Jupiter likes to expand everything that it touches. So, you know, if you have any planets that are being aspected by Jupiter, um, especially Jupiter retrograde, um, you'll notice like big possibilities being kind of blown up in that area of your life right now and blown up in a good way, not a bad way, blown up, just like increasing in opportunity and size and expanse. Um, this opportunity, this uh, transit could actually um, bring problems with eating disorders too, just depending on where it's falling in your chart. So be careful not to eat too much, um, especially if you had a history of eating disorders because Jupiter loves to eat. Jupiter is also square Neptune during this transit. So um, this Neptune is in Pisces right now. And when Jupiter is square something, um, especially Pisces and Neptune, the ruler of Pisces, there it just suggests that there is an issue with people accepting or giving opportunities to those who have well-intentioned beliefs, um, especially beliefs that stem from the subconscious. So if you're feeling a little like nobody gets what you're putting out there, I for sure feel this. Um, like don't don't lose heart. This transit will pass. Use it as a learning opportunity. And that's the wonderful thing about astrology is that you know that the energy is constantly changing. And if something doesn't gel right today, you're going to get a better opportunity down the line and you know when to take advantage of it. 
Next up, we have Saturn, who is at 18 degrees Capricorn, also retrograde. So he's similar, similarly to Jupiter moving backwards in the sky from our perspective here on Earth. And he is really close to Pluto as well. Um, but Pluto is all the way at 22 degrees Capricorn. Um, so not exactly conjunct, but with an orb enough to consider the influence of Pluto being and especially because Pluto is so strong-willed and Saturn so large, um, these, de- these two definitely have their energies playing off of each other right now. And Saturn is also sextile to Neptune. So what does that mean? What do all these planets have to say in this conversation? Saturn conjunct Pluto, especially in the sign of Capricorn, suggests that there's going to be some difficult situations we're going to have to deal with. Um, And again, depending on where Saturn and where Capricorn falls in your chart, it gives you a clue as to where to look for where these occurrences might be happening. Um, But when we look at the placement of Saturn and uh, Pluto being sextile and Neptune, this suggests that there's the establishment of some undeniable fundamental beliefs that maybe really personal to you, but maybe that's where these changes are coming from. This We're reckoning with a fundamental shift in perception of reality. Um, some people look at this as a raising of awareness of consciousness, um, a raising of the vibrational levels. And I think we're starting to see this being reflected in society at large a little bit more and more. Um, yes, we are certainly in several crises at this point in the planet, but coming to terms with Yes, this is these are the circumstances we're facing with say global warming or politics or humanitarian crises. While we confront those difficult circumstances, it shifts our perception about what it is that we feel responsible in doing, and I think that's what we're seeing on a global scale playing out. So, that'll still be happening. Um, but th- these are good things. While it is difficult in the moment, the fact that these transits are occurring is going to help us move past these blockages so that we make more room for good things in the future. But we have to do our due diligence. And that's what Capricorn is really all about, the sign that these planets, at least Saturn and Pluto, are playing in right now. Um, So... It's all about coming to terms with our responsibilities. This means not just to ourselves, but to our neighbors, to our planet, to our our existence here as people. We have a responsibility to be good stewards of this planet. Whether or not the media will tell you that, it's true. This planet isn't yours. It's loaned to you from your from your children or your friends' children in the future. And it's our responsibility to keep it in good shape for those to come after us. There's a lovely quote that I heard that uh, optimism is an old man planting trees that he'll never be able to sit in the shade of. And that's really, I think, kind of key to understanding some of these harsher Saturn-Pluto aspects in Capricorn right now. Uranus will be at five degrees of Taurus, and Uranus and Taurus in general is kind of a destructive transit, but it's really creative in the way that it destroys things. So um, what does that look like? It means that new things are being invented that destroy old structures. Um, people rebel. Society falls apart. 
in order to be reborn anew. Uranus is the planet of radical, unpredictable change, and Taurus is the sign of stable, predictable, rather, uh, you know, practical, down-to-earth forward motion being ruled by Venus. So look for creative ways that things are being torn apart. Um, This could happen in the world of art and finance, too, specifically because Taurus again, being ruled by Venus, also rules finance. So Uranus and Taurus is not a good time to make risky financial decisions. Liquid assets, people. Liquid assets. The last time Uranus transited the sign of Taurus, World War II started. And the time before that, uh, Western expansion in the United States was the key theme for that those years, um, which had a lot of problems with enslavement. So not super fun, but if you look at the way that these things played out, um, they're playing out right now in America. We've got migrants in camps, which might as well be internment camps, um, and we're dealing with slave labor issues, but these things can be destroyed, especially because Saturn is in Capricorn along with Pluto. So we have the power and the ability as a society to end these things, but it takes a collective voice saying that it's not okay, it's unjust, to do something about it. And doing something about it might actually be rebelling from all of it. So, and that's the key word for Uranus transiting Taurus. Just saying. The balm to all of this doom and gloom is Neptune transiting its home domicile of Pisces at 18 degrees. Neptune and Pisces inspires our subconscious in a really dramatic and profound way. Pisces is ruled anciently by Jupiter and modernly by Neptune. So it's in its comfort zone. It's a a sign of, it's the most advanced sign and it wants to take care of people and it wants to inspire change. It's Neptune in this position can be the balm to all those other harsh aspects I just talked about. It inspires unshakably. It shows us that there's a possibility for a brighter, better tomorrow, which by the way, that that is helped along by Aries kicking its butt into action later on. But we have to be first motivated and inspired to perform those difficult tasks that really do make lasting change. So maybe you noticed the degree that kept coming up and sort of stood out like a sore thumb to me when I was looking at this chart was 18. We've got Jupiter at 18 degrees Sagittarius in its domicile. We've got Saturn at 18 degrees Capricorn in its domicile. And we've got Pisces at 18 degrees in its domicile. We've got, I mean, Neptune is in its domicile, but yeah. And Pisces. So 18 degrees. So I, I did some research. And um, when you look at the degrees of a planet where it falls on the zodiological wheel, um, and you c- want to effuse some information about what the uh, the meanings might be, it's a kind of astrology called monomeric astrology that dates back to before the Chaldeans. And each degree of the wheel has a very specific meaning. And each the degrees and that specific sign have a meaning. So I'm going to read to you what each one means. 
So 18 degrees Sagittarius, which is where Jupiter is, means, quote unquote, as it tries to escape from a burning house, a snake is stopped by a circle of fire. This is thought of as being a passionate, wily, and spiteful sort of character. Fire plays a major part in life, whether it represents disaster or once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with great consequences on destiny. And Sagittarius is a fire sign. Um, Regardless of the ordeals of nature, um, or it's a the nature of your opponents, and despite losses suffered, if you have the courage, this degree indicates that obstacles can be overcome and enemies defeated. So while things might look grim in the moment, it is actually really hopeful. You just have to show up and get to it and grit your teeth and slither through that wall of fire. Um, The next one is 18 degrees of Capricorn, which is where Saturn is. Uh, a bare-chested man stands on a rock in the middle of heavy seas and a raging storm. This suggests characters that are required for success are being honest, tough, and determined. One courageously copes with issues and ordeals, and once the storm subsides, one successfully rebuilds a life of rectitude and prosperity, which commands the respect of your entourage. If this is in the natal chart, Mars is in conjunction with this degree or in the first house, one is most likely to have some real power and public esteem, especially in foreign countries. Um, But for us, what are we seeing? So we saw there was a bit of danger involved with Jupiter being in Sagittarius at this degree um, and Jupiter being expansive that makes it big where Capricorn comes along and the experience that energy at 18 degrees is also of an individual weathering a storm uh, another dangerous set of circumstances and then we've got 18 degrees Pisces which is where Neptune's sitting so a chemist works in a laboratory full of retorts Blasks and measuring devices, hard at work. This suggests that there's somebody working behind the scenes who is creative, cautious, but enthusiastic, endowed with enough character and aptitude to be able to understand the problems that he's trying to solve, but he hasn't quite found the answer yet. This person's dedicated and natural, naturally aiming to improve human beings' health, um, which arouses respect and admiration from the general public. Success, fame, wealth can all be achieved in science, medicine, and medicinal plants, chemistry, or scientific research. This degree indicates a valuable discovery is possible. And so I look at all three of these planets, which when you've got three of these heavy hitters um, being, again, Jupiter, Saturn, and Neptune, all at the same degree, that's sending us a message. It's saying that while everything looks bleak on the outside, we must persevere and be brave, use a little bit of ingenuity and creativity where... uh, Pisces comes in there at the end. And we can overcome all of these issues and all these, you know, these crises that we feel we are in. But I think it's going to take society pulling together and everybody bringing their best gifts to the forefront. Okay, let's take a music break and we'll be back with your cues for mindfulness, meditation, and manifestation. 
This is Greta Van Fleet with Brave New World off the album Anthem for a Peaceful Army, which I think is a perfect title to digest all of those transits we just heard.
If you like Blood Moon Milk and you would like to support the podcast, consider subscribing for The Daily Dose. It's an email subscription newsletter that I send out Monday through Friday with all the important transits and I animate it and it is only five bucks a month. And it's a great way to stay in the loop on what's going on in the sky between episodes and you help support the show. To sign up, just head over to bloodmoonmilk.com and look for the daily dose in the sidebar. Thanks for listening. All right. Welcome back to the show. I thought I'd do something a little bit different since this episode in general is just a little bit different. It's not a full moon. It's not a new moon. Um, it's the summer solstice. So uh, what I put together is a ritual prompt. And um, since early European traditions celebrated the summer solstice by setting large wheels on fire and then rolling them downhill into a body of water, I thought that it would make sense to burn some shit. Um, and since you probably don't have a big wheel to burn or a hill to roll a burning wheel down, um, unless you have access to a serious piece of property and you want to do that, get at me. I will come help you set that wheel on fire and like have a ritual. Cool. Um, but and if that's not something that you have access to or that's really that practical, instead think about writing down all the things that you're grateful for. Um, it can be as simple as your breath or as complicated and as detailed as you like, naming every little thing. Um, and then setting that on fire in a bowl with some choice herbs. Um, the fire is symbolic of the energy of the sun charging all that you're grateful for with its energy and invigorating it with that gratitude while raising the vibrational level associated with it, transforming it into new positive increased energy. Thinking about um, adding some mugwort into the fire as well increases access to past life gifts. If that's something you're interested in, go for it. Be a little careful though. Like try not to like breathe that smoke in too much. Um, it can be a little you know, like not good for you. Um, but just enjoy the process of burning something, connect with that element of fire, uh, do it in a controlled space, you know, make sure you have water or something to extinguish the fire with if it gets out of control. Um, but so burn all those things that you're grateful for while really trying to embody and Feel what gratitude feels like in your skin um, while it's burning. And then take those ashes and mix it into some soil and plant a plant. Um, you can plant seeds or seedling and starter plants work well too. And focus on what it is you'd like to cultivate in your life. Um, I suggest planting something yellow to help infuse your intentions even further with that light and energy vibration of the sun. And then Tend carefully to that plant and every time you water it or make sure that it's getting enough sunlight and everything that it needs, think about what it is that you want to accomplish too. And that plant then sort of becomes a totem for what it is that you want to grow in your life. Tend carefully this plant just like you would your goals. One of my favorite flowers to plant personally are marigolds. I relatively recently had a spiritual vision um, during a meditation session where I saw Ganesha dancing in silhouette behind a giant chakra wheel. Um, and 
around the the wheel the chakra um was a bunch of marigolds floating and spinning in space and while i'm still kind of internalizing and processing that vision along with some other ones i've had um i don't know exactly what to take away from that experience except for that i feel very drawn to marigolds and think that their addition to this ritual would be more than appropriate and they have the added benefit of repelling mosquitoes so that's pretty much it for this very special kind of random different edition of blood moon milk i hope you enjoyed it follow me on social media at blood moon milk on instagram if you want to have a one-on-one session with me i do those too by appointment um just go over to bloodmoonmilk.com to schedule that and i'll be sure to post when the workbook that'll accompany the solstice workshop is available for those who aren't able to attend to purchase for a small fee and do that own personal journey work in their own spare time. Okay, thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful sunny solstice. This is Summertime Magic by Childish Gambino playing you out. Until next time, thanks for listening. Summer